This is the Toddcast Podcast. I'm a guy named Todd. And I'm a guy named Aaron. Join in our conversation as we discuss anything and everything. Pointless debates, music, Star Wars, nerd culture, and so much more. There are no scripts, no show notes, commuters, sit back and enjoy the ride. The Toddcast Podcast starts now. Hello and welcome to the Toddcast. I am joined this morning by my brother Eric, who, as I understand it, has made a a shocking and wonderful discovery. Eric, how you doing? I'm doing fine today, Todd. So I know we've had conversations over the years where, you know, there were things of our past that we wish we had, you know, whether they've been thrown away, donated, lost, so forth. We're just, you know, it's one of those things that bring back some, you know, nostalgia to us. And we're like, man, you know, you might see a video on YouTube or a picture on Facebook or or what have you. And you're like, I had that. I remember that. Oh, yeah. And and, you know, it brings back great memories. And I'm sure everyone can relate with that notion. And we all had toys as kids or favorite blankets or whatever. Uh, and, you know, over the years, I've been searching out and I said, you know, there's there's a way to find there's a way to find some of these things. And sometimes you go to these little, you know, card shows or or, or uh, little thrift stores or so forth. And you might be able to find little remnants. But boy, wouldn't it be nice if we found the mother load and Indeed. through lots of searching and uh, making secret phone calls and, and meeting people in dark alleys. I've got a nice lead and it led me to South 8th Street in a a location called Martins Ferry, Ohio, where there was a garage that was pretty much right behind our former house. And uh, the house burnt down, but the garage was standing. Right. And lo and behold, you know, I wiped away a little bit of the, uh, the, you know, there was a window pane and I wiped away and I looked in and I said, hmm, that looks super familiar. And as uh, we got a little crowbar and, you know, busted off some of the, the paint that was sealed shut and we opened up that door and uh, with a flashlight, walked in, and there was the majesty of a station wagon. Outstanding. But it wasn't Fantastic. just any station wagon, Todd. It was a, the, oh. the classic. It was the classic, the original. The station wagon uh, from the, the mid-90s that our father owned. Lo and behold, it was Bill Hersey's station wagon with the wood panels on the back, slight green, slight yellow. It, 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 you know, To some, it might have been an ugly duckling. To me, it was a beautiful swan. Uh, so my mouth dropped and I said, you know, I had to pay the man because this was the, the, the best oh, yeah. lead in the world. And oh, he yeah. handed over uh, a rusty key. <laughs> so my goal was to take this back home and, and cherish and prize it and share this information with you and the family as so, well. When I get in there, uh, it turned it over. And of course, just like in the real world, it took a couple times. This is, this was right. a Hersey car once and again, right? Right. But then I, I noticed something from the rear view mirror when I adjusted it because I am a safe driver. Of course. I noticed there was a heap, a heaping pile of things. Let's put it that way, because it wasn't just a co- combination of toys or board games or, or little gadgets. It was a, the entire back was filled with things of our past. And Very I'm nice. talking where I thought we lost these items. They were just stored away in the station wagon. And now I'm going to, you know, I brought this back home. We have a, boy, it's too much just to even go through. It's a matter of we're going to have to work, work our way delicately because some of these items are fragile. Right. But boy, right. did I not uh, find the mother load. And I said, Todd, we need to discuss this. And why not bring everyone along 
and what we will call the Hersey Hobby Wagon, in which we'll go through and get to discuss some of these items and a lot of our hobbies along the way. Thankfully, we found this 1990s <laughs> relic that'll bring us all our good stuff from, you know, the mid 70s when you were born to the mid 80s when I was born to almost modern 2000, where we pro- both became pretty grown and probably already had our hobbies. Right. Well, what do you say? Right. What do you say you hop in, Todd? And maybe we go around and we and we take some rides and we we go through the back of the Hersey Hobby Wagon and we bring along uh, the wonderful listeners with us. Let's do it. This is nice. And you can, do you smell that, Eric? The the, I, the aged cherry Coke in Winston Light aura of the the inside of the vehicle. Well, the fun That's part nice. is that there's no tape deck, so we will be listening to Eagle 105 <laughs> or 107.5. <laughs> Uh, so let's hope they don't play anything modern because this is a nostalgia trip back into uh, into our past. But Todd, so as I went back there, I grabbed what seemed to be some type of manual, and, and I'm I'm not too familiar, so I said I need to need to ask Todd about this. It looks to be like some type of role playing game manual, and yes. I and I I can't tell. It's a little dusty and it's a little beat up, so I can't tell. So I figured this would be a perfect time to figure out what the hell. Uh, role-playing games are and or like why would you need a manual so that is where we're going to start today Todd and I would love for you to explain to me what the hell this thing is <laughs> well what you have in your hand specifically is the original copy of the Star Wars role-playing game which is how I got my start in role-playing it was 1988 uh, I was in the 8th and we were hanging out on the playground at lunch and my buddy traded his i want to say Jetfire transformer the the, oh, the, okay. the 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 jet transformer that looked like one of the robotech sort of sort of mechs that guy yeah, um, yeah. he had one of those and one of our other buddies was big into robotech and coveted it greatly oh, and so okay. he broke and so he brokered a deal with Mike, that Mike would give him Jetfire, and in exchange, Mike would get this book, the the Star okay. Wars role playing game, and that was my first, my first sort of entry level foray into role playing. Because of course, I've loved Star Wars forever. That's that's fairly well known. It's almost like we have a running segment where we talk about Star Wars on this this oh. very show. But I'd never, I'd not really heard or, or heard much about role playing other than the evangelical satanic panic stories of, you know, Dungeons and Dragons and how it is evil and will, you know, harvest your soul for Satan. And so, you know, he, I'm looking through this book and it's, it's got, you know, all sorts of pictures and art from the movies and it's got all these, these numbers and statistics and forms and stuff. And I'm like, what, what is this? Cause you know, prior to this, you know, you say, Hey, you want to play a game and you picture, rolling dice like Yahtzee or playing with cards sure. or a board game with, with, you know, with, with little figures going around a track, whatever, like, how is this a game? It's just a big old book. Like what is, how does this work? And so, you know, Mike kind of explained to me, you know, here's, here's what it is and how, how it goes. And we, we gave it a shot and it was fantastic, great fun. And personally that then led to, cause Mike had previously played Dungeons and Dragons so he knew about role-playing games and how they generally worked. I mean, the rules for this particular game were different. 
uh, and obviously the setting was different, but he, you know, he read the rules and figured out how to play. And we sat down and we played and I was hooked almost immediately. And that led to Dungeons and Dragons, which led to uh, a role-playing game based on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, a game called Shadowrun, which is, you know, a cyberpunk era sort of a game. And, you know, the list just kind of goes on and on from there. But that's this. This is the origin <laughs> story. This is this is the book right there. This is pretty important. That got man, it all. Huh? The, oh, yeah. Very, very significant. Uh, quite possibly now that I think of it, one of the more significant artifacts in my life and what has kind of made me the person that I am, because frankly, role playing, you know, between Star Wars and D&D then sort of got me interested in, you know, reading more seriously, you know, science fiction and fantasy novels, <laughs> which, you know, eventually turns to me, you know, wanting to write, <laughs> you know, yeah. both game material and, you know, my own, you know, fiction and whatnot. Yeah, very pivotal. So yeah, I would say, I guess, so I guess if, if we're, if we're going to talk role-playing games, I mean, granted, you've probably had more exposure to this than, than your average person, just by virtue of me blathering on about it most of the time. But what, what do you know about role-playing game? What do you think role-playing games are? Oh, Todd. So this is, um, I watched uh, <laughs> Stranger Things. <right>? Okay. <laughs> and that's it. So it's Stranger Things. The guys from the eighties are playing Dungeons and Dragons in the basement. Mm-hmm. And obviously mm-hmm. that's, you know, my original thought was role-playing games were, um, were little figures on a board. I don't know why, but that's how I always envisioned it. Like you, you painted almost your miniature guys that were like moving around on a map. And I still don't know if that's true or not. Let's, I'm not completely ignorant to what (laughs) role-playing games are. Uh, There was a brief stint where you kind of showed me a bit of the Star Wars when in the mid two thousands and I created a character. So I understand a little bit more about it. I also watched several friends playing uh, like video games that seemed like, they were role-playing esque, meaning like task after task. But I think really deep down inside, uh, I need to ask you specific more questions <laughs> because I don't even know where you would start. So number one, you found this book, or you didn't? You know, we found this book. Right. You he right. he traded for the book. Right. Like, how fast can you start to play? Like, do you have to be like, all right, give me a week because I have to read this and memorize or understand like how quickly do you could you start playing if you bought a role-playing book game book and said all right how how does one start that's a that's a fair question back in the day like in 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 my experience um i mean it's it's i mean i've (laughs) i've got a copy right here uh because as it turns out um the original star wars was was published by west end games like i said back in 88 and they lost the Star Wars license here recently, but Fantasy Flight Games, who has the Star Wars license, has actually reprinted those original books, like page for page. Um, you can get them in a very nice little gift set nowadays. And if anyone's interested, I recommend picking it up because it's fantastic and it, and it holds up. But that book is, it's like 150 pages. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not you know, war and peace, but it's also not, you know, a pamphlet. Like there's now, a lot of this, stuff in is there. Is this a magazine style? Do they still have it like it, it's, it's, or coffee table style book. It's not like a little, you know, it's not like a paperback. So like you're talking as far as the size goes, it is, sure. uh, I'm, I don't have a tape measure here with me, but I'm going to say it's, it's, it's slightly larger than a sheet of printer paper. 
Okay. You know, so it's, I don't know, I'd say nine by 12, maybe hard bound. Yeah. About a, about a half gotcha. inch thick. Um, and that's, I mean, <laughs> it's funny you say that because, you know, my answer would be, well, it's the size of an RPG book because pretty much all <laughs> of They've the role playing books the are that are that size. <laughs> well, whether it's whether it's D and D or Star Wars, like almost every role playing game book is that general site <laughs> size. Like the thicknesses vary, and obviously, you know, they come from different manufacturers, different art, different you know subject matter. But they're all about the same size. <laughs> yeah, and no, have I, been I, since I... like the dawn of time. Uh, it, it's it's you know, but um, but no, like I said, Mike had had experience in playing role-playing games previous to to this because he played D with his family so having a general idea as to what role-playing is i'm sure gets makes it so you can get started a little quicker but this is a completely different set of rules than you have for DD. so you do have to sit and read them now if you've got someone who either already knows the game or is willing to spend that time to read the rules for the most part, you can you can introduce a new player to a role playing game in a session. Like in a in a few hours, you can explain. Okay, here's here's your character. Here's the sheet. Here's what the stats are. Here's how the dice work. Like you can get to the basics pretty quickly. But if like you and your like let's say you Eric and three or four of your friends were like, you know what, I want to start playing D and D, and none of you have before, somebody's gonna have to put in a little bit of effort and do a little bit of reading. Okay, but. The yeah. other thing I will say is, in today's day and age for role-playing games, it is much easier now than it has ever been. First edition Dungeons & Dragons was three different books. You had one for the players, one for the Dungeon Master, and one that was just full of monsters. And the rules were what we in the gaming realm called crunchy there are a lot of rules to cover all sorts of different circumstances and you handle this this way and this other thing gets handled this way like there's just a lot of rules to be aware of and that's why you have the book so you can refer to them no one's really expected to memorize all of it but it's still a lot to take in well yeah the, <laughs> the trend in modern games is to sort of st streamline and simplify things like nowadays playing Dungeons and Dragons, oh, you want to do a thing? Roll this die, look at your sheet, add that bonus, tell that number to the DM, he will tell you if you passed or failed. Like it's it's way more straightforward these days, uh, which is a beautiful thing. And they also publish materials that make it a lot easier to learn. Like like D D has a starter set that has you know, a book that's like, here are the, you know, here's a quick overview of the rules that you need to play. There are a lot more rules than this in the in the books, but you don't necessarily need to know those to jump in and start having fun. Here's sort of the quick start rules. Um, here are characters that are already created for you to start with, so you don't have to spend hours making up a new character. You can just jump right into the action. You know, that box has an adventure, like, okay, person who's never done role-playing if you want to be the dungeon master glance through these rules and then here's the adventure read this to your players if they do this go you know this happened like it, it makes it real easy and i'd say if you went to target right now and bought a DD starter set and came home and read it you could theoretically be playing tomorrow and and have a good time and not you know and not be really too far behind the curve gotcha so you, 
<laughs> so so you, it takes a little bit of time, but it, it's not, um, you know, you're not going to just jump right in. But for the most part, you can successfully start playing and have fun within yeah. a day or so. Within if you, yeah. If you, and yeah, and like not you said, to mention if, that there are assets that you have now, like YouTube and Google and oh, blogs, well, that's, where you did not have when you first started playing. Oh no! Oh no! It was no, word it was, of mouth. Mike you, was your Google. You you had to know a guy, um, and he and he would yeah. you know like I said with Star Wars, like he read the rules. He was the game master, and so he taught me and Ray and the other guys how to play. And then eventually, you know, I got into it and I took over as game master. But at that point, I knew how to play the game. I was just running it. Same thing for D and D. Um. Later on, like I said, we got a game called Shadowrun, uh, which is a, a cyberpunk game. You know, it's it's sort of in the near future. I think it was set in like the year 2050, which okay back back in 1990 was far in the future. Now it seems like it's right around the corner. <laughs> but it was well, one of those. We, ne- we could no- still be alive if we're if yeah. we, we treat ourselves right. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, but it was it was near future, you know, um, you know, l- lots of guns. The you know the the Matrix, you know, the sort of cybernet was there, and you could be a hacker, sort of a deal. It had a weird twist where there was also magic, like somehow okay. magic returned to the world. So there were also like elves and trolls and dwarves and orcs. So it was mm. a weird it was a weird mishmash of you know technology and magic, um, good stuff. Well, we we'd see these books in the game in the stores. And they all, you know, the art is fantastic. It seems really, really interesting. And they had supplements that had like, oh, here's here's a bunch of, you know, cybernetic enhancements you can get for your characters. Here's a bunch of cool guns and stuff. And we actually got those to use in our Star Wars campaign. But, you know, because they were cool concepts and cool, you know, cool art and cool, cool stories about the thing. But it was for a different game system. Like, it's not like, oh, I can just take these rules from Shadowrun and just drop them into star wars but we got the books and tried you know basically did some sort of like in order to convert them to like you no know, okay well this weapon does this much damage in Shadowrun. so what how many dice does that equate to if you're playing star wars you kind of have to learn that the Shadowrun system so you know what things are so that is a game that i actually no one in our group knew how to play like i had to read the book and figure it out how to play sure. like i said it it took a little longer just because, no, you know, it's it's always easier to have someone teach you a thing than it is to have to figure it all out from on your sure. own. But they're written in such a way as to make it so that you can do that. And like you said, nowadays, you've got YouTube, you've got podcasts, you've got a million different ways that you can, even if no one in your group has ever played a role-playing game before. If it's a, if it's a popular role-playing game, somebody has you know recorded a video here's how to make a character here's how to here's how to do this you know and yeah we'll definitely jump well i mean let's put it this way um hunter has never played a role-playing game until recently and you know i started uh you know a dungeons and dragons game you know we're, we're doing it online um and so my two two of my brother-in-laws uh abby's brothers and your son hunter play and none of them have played before 
but I mean, I've been playing forever. We hopped on a on a Zoom meeting, and I'm like, "Here's here's how it works. Here's here's what these dice are. Here's what your your statistics are. You know, if you want to attack, you do this. If you want to, you know, cast a spell, here's what this is. Uh, you know, and we had like a an hour or two session of me like here here are the ropes. Here's the, here's the here's the basics on how it goes, and then we were playing. And, you know, none of them are experts. None of them, you know, know exactly everything. But that's why you have a dungeon master who knows the rules. Like, hey, can, right. can I do that? And how do I do it? And then I just tell them, and, you know, it's one of those things you learn as you go. And you really can't, it's not really a you get better. Because it's not like playing, role-playing games is a skill. You know what I mean? It's, you learn more rules. You, you, you get quicker at knowing things. But there's... There's not really a wrong way or a right way to play these things. It's it's sort of, you know, your style and how you feel about stuff. Um, so let's take a break. And when we come back, we can we can talk a little bit more and you can ask me some more questions. Sounds good. When buying clothes, you have choices. You can be stylish, be trendy outspoken but those are all the wrong answers we want you to be like justin benline be beige why show personality in your clothing when you can lock yourself away and be forgotten franchise 10 apparel has been bringing the best clothes and accessories that'll never be seen even hermits wear shirts visit justinbenline.com and save 30 percent off the justin benline collection justinbenline.com no personality no problem and we're back todd we were just talking about uh the wonderful role-playing game um just games in general and how they work and you're filling me in on a lot of information the first major question was how long does it take and it sounds to me like you said if you 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 have this book now i have questions about the book Okay. Now the book has rules for like you mentioned. The first D and D had three books, and they were primarily how do you uh, how do you play the game as like uh, a player, and then you mentioned DM, which we'll have to explain, and then you also mentioned <laughs> monsters. So what exactly? I guess we'll start with DM. An abbreviated version. I know what it means because I've been around long enough, and I also know your taglines and your emails and so forth. What is a DM, and what the heck is their role? <laughs> So long before DM stood for direct messaging, uh, DM stood for Dungeon Master. Um, And that is very specific to the Dungeons and Dragons game. And that's the person who is in charge of that particular game is the Dungeon Master. For most other role-playing games, it is instead GM, which stands for Game Master. And so the, the role of the Game Master is generally speaking it's the person who is the most familiar with all of the rules um and i say most familiar as opposed to that knows all of the rules because like i said there can be a whole lot of rules and that's why you have the books for reference no one's expected to memorize everything but generally the game master is the person who is the most familiar with the rules probably who has the most experience playing um, and therefore can you know kind of run things smoothly without having to look things up every two seconds. They are also the person who sort of creates the world that the that the players characters live in 
you know, they sort of set the tone. They, ex, ex, you know, describe your, you know, your surroundings to the players so that their characters know where they are. Um, they sort of drive the initial plot and sort of and sort of generate and and run the adventures that your characters are going on. Um, so let me take a quick sidestep from the the game master uh, or or dungeon master and flip over to the the players real quick. So you know the players are the actual physical human beings that are playing. You know you if you and I were playing and you were the player. This is Eric. You are the player. Mm-hmm. Each of those players has a character, which is some made-up person that they've created. And you, you normally have a character sheet, which is just a, a piece of paper. It's, it's basically a form that has all this information about your character. So, you know, let's say, you know, to stay on theme here, we were playing, you know, the Star Wars role-playing game. You, Eric, are the player. I'm the game master. And you, Eric, would have you know, a character, like if you could be anyone in Star Wars and make up your own Star Wars persona, what would that be, Eric? Well, we did it kind of briefly, and I always like the boss style character, which is what a trans something. Trans Trandashan. Yeah, yeah. I always like I always like Trandashans in a weird little way. So I picked a Trandashan when we tried to play back in years ago. Right. And what 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 would your Trandashan do? Is he like a fighter? Is he a pilot? Is he a is he a Jedi? What what what's your Trandoshan do? Boy, I think he would be like a warrior type style. Maybe maybe okay. it'd be cool to see like a Jedi uh, Trandoshan. That'd have been cool. I don't know if that's possible, but who knows? So Todd, the game master, is playing with Eric the player, and Eric the player would have this Trandoshan warrior, who because I'm not going to ask you to spontaneously generate a Trandoshan name on the fly. We're going to call him Bob. <laughs> okay sure and so you've got a sheet of paper with bob the warrior that tells us everything we need to know about this trandoshan you know little things like you know how tall he is and what color his eyes are to you know what his name is and what his job is and also a bunch of statistics like okay he is this strong he is this quick on his feet he is this smart uh you know if somebody's doing damage to him this is how much damage he can take before he gets you know knocked unconscious um, you know, he is this good with his rifle, you know, all of that sort of statistics that all goes into your character sheet. So to flip back over to talking about the game master, when I say, you know, the game master creates these adventures for the players to go on, the players don't actually go anywhere. You're sitting around a table sure. talking, rolling dice, your characters in our imaginations are going on these adventures. Um, and, you know, I've been playing for so long and I often, you know, We'll say players when I mean characters or vice versa. For someone who's not at all familiar with role-playing games, that can be confusing because there are a lot of folks who are like, like you said, you always thought it was, you know, the little metal figures on the table. And that is something that you can do with role-playing, but not necessarily. There are also folks who their idea of what role-playing is, is, oh, you all, you know, throw on costumes and go out into the woods and actually, you know, hack on each other with swords. And there are some folks for whom live-action role-playing is a part of their gameplay, but for the vast majority, that is not the case. Like, when most people are are playing a role-playing game, you're sitting around your kitchen table, drinking Mountain Dew, eating Cheetos, just telling stories. And every now and again, you'll roll some dice to determine 
you know, whether someone is successful in doing something or not, and that will help form the story. But no one is going into the steam tunnels. No one is actually trying to summon the devil or cast actual spells. It's just, you know, if you are playing a wizard character and you want to launch a fireball at the goblins, you literally say, I cast the fireball spell and some dice get rolled. No one's setting anything on fire for real. <laughs> gotcha. So, so there's, so since you're uh, the game master is basically telling the stories and kind of controlling everything, it's usually the most senior or person that knows the rule books the best. And I imagine through time, most of the players start learning most of the rules, right? I mean, ideally, yeah. is, is the longer you play, you the, so then you would start having people branch out. And uh, does it turn out that most most of the time the uh, GM, DM are the creative types or or generally good storytellers. How does that work? I just it's 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 definitely helpful, but it's not necessarily a prerequisite. As a game master, you're like, okay, you're in a tavern, and then you explain that tavern. Just like if you were writing a story about here's a tavern, you're going to describe all the inhabitants and you know what it looks and smells like, because for the players, that's their window into the mm -hmm. world that they're playing in like they're relying on the game master to give them all this information you know if they go down into a dungeon it's a much different playing experience We're like okay you open the door and it's a 10 foot by 10 foot room there's an orc guarding a chest like yeah. that gives all the information and then the players can go okay well let's back out of the door or okay let's attack the orc or oh let's talk to the orc like there's options and that's where the players come in is they you know based on the information the game master gives them they say what it is they want to do, and then the game master works with them to, you know, explain what happens as a consequence of whatever it is you're doing. That description I just gave is real basic and gives you enough to work with, but, you know, that's far different than saying, you know, that, you know, the heavy oaken door opens with a creak in the hinges, and the dark torch-lit room smells musty. You can see a hunched-over shape of some sort of feral creature with a, with a sword and shield hunched over some box-like object in the shadows that could possibly be a, uh, you know, a treasure chest. Like, that's completely different. Sure. I mean, it's you're, the same you're... scenario both ways, but one definitely evokes a lot more mental imagery for you. Sure. I picture it's... it as um, <laughs> cliff notes for, like, an actual novel. It's, it's when I was trying to pass the, the school tests on, you know... <laughs> Right. Uh, animal farm instead of me learning all the nuances of each character i just read the hey this guy was a dick and he's a pig and so like, that's, <laughs> right so it sounds to me yeah so like anybody could essentially as long as you know the rules and you kind of have some idea of you know general storytelling now for yeah. a and i i imagine this could be different you correct me if i'm wrong you go in there kind of blindly or do you have like an idea of what you want to make the campaign because it sounds like it's a pick your own like like you pick your own adventure book, but how it'd be almost impossible to stage out the every single movement. So do you just kind of wing it and hope it tells a fun story or makes a fun adventure? Yes and no. And it, it depends largely on the, not just the, the game master, but also the players. Again, they do publish adventures that are like, okay, here, we're going to outline, here's the town you're in, here's some background information for the game master to know, and here, here are, you know, what they call hooks. Here are the different things that can happen to the players to expose them to the thing that's going to get this adventure started. 
you know, the classic trope is, you know, the adventurers are all in the tavern and, you know, somebody rushes in, oh, I need help, <laughs> you know, and then the players are supposed to go, oh, well, what can we do for you? And basically that person sends them on a quest. Sure. And then, and then it will outline, okay, you know, you get this clue, which will lead you to this location where you will find these other things that will lead you to the, like, it's not completely freeform, but it's not, you know, like the, the, the players have the freedom to kind of do whatever it is they want. But as the dungeon master, you kind of give them plenty of clues and little hooks to kind of guide them in the sure. right direction for what the adventure yeah. is going to be. So you can get these adventures like published. Like right now, the the first adventure that Hunter and that crew are playing, like that's a published adventure. And like their, their notes now, even with those, the players can do anything. Like it's not like a choose your own adventure book where it's like, okay, to do this, go to, you know, option A. To do this, go to option B. And that's all you've got. You can do whatever. And so there's a lot of circumstances that just are not going to be covered in that material. And mm -hmm. that's where that's where the game master's ability to improvise comes in real handy because you got to figure out okay how do we how would that go uh yeah. you know what what would be the next thing and so you know i've run campaigns where they're all kind of based off of some of this published material and it's you know sticks kind of to that i've run campaigns you know because i am such a star wars nerd and know so much about star wars back when i was in high school a lot of my friends were the same way and, you know, we started off with a couple of, you know, pre-published adventures. And after a while, you know, they created these characters. They created these, these you know, sort of personas. And as you play, those characters, you know, sort of develop. Like, yes, your statistics get better. You know, that's part of the game piece is, you know, you, you level up and get better at things. But also in playing this, this, this character things happen and they develop as characters you know their personalities their stories sure. develop and we we got to a point to where the guys were like well this is my character is interested in achieving this goal here's what i want to do and we would just get together and be like what do you fellows want to do and they would collectively decide you know we want to go to tatooine to try and find so and so so that I can get a little closer to this goal and i had nothing prepared nothing written down for it but because we were all familiar with the world and because we were all of the mindset that we're all going to work together to tell a fun story and have a good time. I just made the stuff up as I went and it was, it was great. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean the whole, so if you would summarize and say, Hey, role-playing games and, and I'm looking online for a lot, there's questions. And stuff and so forth. <laughs> Number one is, is it, is RPG appropriate for your, for what you're playing is that considered an rpg or is that video game-esque rpgs i mean that's RPG... just the style in general that stands for <laughs> role-playing game right well rpg can stand for role-playing game it's it's that or rocket propelled grenade which is not okay. what we're talking about here no but no when i when i say rpg it's role-playing game and my specific experience with role-playing games are also known as tabletop role-playing okay, games. Okay, that showed up as well. Or, pe or pen and paper role-playing games. Okay. And I mean, these role-playing games are sort of what started it all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like back in the 70s, Dungeons & Dragons, which spawned a gazillion other role-playing games. And then, you know, folks who enjoyed those games... The, the Venn diagram between role-playing gamers and computer dorks is very, it, there's a lot of overlap. 
And sure. so a lot of folks have created computer versions of these. And so you will see RPG get used a lot with video games. Mm -hmm. And they are role-playing games in the sense that they use similar structures, similar, you know, sort of open world sandbox kind of a, you make a character and you run around and do things. It's a role-playing game in the, in the sense of, you know, how the rules work and the general concept of them, you know, as opposed to playing video Monopoly or Blackjack. Like, they, it's, they're RPGs in that respect. I mean, I guess perhaps with something like World of Warcraft, because that was online and you could chat with people, that could be construed somewhat as role-playing. But like, if it's just a single-person role-playing game, you're not really playing. You're not getting into character. You're not talking sure. as that person. You're well, just running around sounds, hacking things. It, it so some people like, get a little touchy yeah, <laughs> on that one. A yeah. I mean, you're still there's still a... Um... It's not infinite different ways of stuff because it's all programmed. So, right. you know, certain games – I just remember watching my friend. He'd play a game, and it was very much a – you'd go talk to somebody. They'd send you on a task. Then you'd go somewhere else, and you'd yeah. find – you know. And it seemed very much like what you would except for the a GM would have been the gaming system. And there's right. still only so many options you can do. So yeah. that, that I mean, makes the most – I mean it makes yeah. sense. One could argue that any given Zelda game – is, a, is an RPG. I was, too. I was thinking Zelda it, it, sounded you know. super like that. Yeah. Right, so I'm gonna um, I'm gonna quick fire some questions here for you, Todd. Okay. Sure. And then we'll. Sure. I, I, my thoughts is we'll probably have to come back and not just talk about role playing games, but let's face it, the hobby wagon is is full of role playing stuff. I can see it here. Oh, I yeah. see die. I see uh, I see some old sheets, <laughs> which oh, who yeah. the heck knows what characters. I'm not sure. There's a whole bunch of old stuff there. So we'll probably dive deep dive and do some specific. But as an overall role playing game, I'm looking here. And when you go to Google, there's also the lovely people also ask quick fire. <laughs> um, give me a good example of a role playing game. Give me give me five, six different good role playing games. If you were going to start playing role playing games, where would you start? All right. The biggest elephant in the room is Dungeons and Dragons, and that can create I would recommend it. They have made it very easy to play. Like I said, you can go and get a start. There's there's a box set called the starter mm -hmm. set. There's okay. another one called the essentials kit. Either one of those is perfect. And it's a, it's the most popular, most well-known. Like there are a lot of folks that use the term D&D. &D to refer to role-playing games. Yeah. No kind of like sure. people in the South call every kind of soda a Coke. Sure. There are a lot of folks that just, what are you doing? I'm playing D&D. &D. Well, what Even are you playing? It's well, it's it's Star Wars, you know? Yeah. Well, what's another one? <laughs> Which, so you got Star Wars, you got Dungeons & Dragons. Is your other one still alive around the one Shadow, that you mentioned? Shadowrun is in like its fifth or sixth edition. Like it is okay. still very much around. Good. Um, what about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? That's still around. <laughs> no, I mean, if you can find it, like it's no longer in print. Sure. It was a yeah. it was a fun game. Um, the same people who make that make a game called Rifts. Okay. Uh, Palladium Books makes a game called Rifts, which I've played. It's it's pretty all right. Um, so what I say, Star Wars, D and D, Shadowrun, Rifts. I need I I owe you one more. Um, Do they make any professional wrestling one? Because it just seems like this would be right up a professional wrestling alley. Oh, like if 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 you can think of a you know a genre or type of thing, there is probably a role playing game for it. I've seen where people have have made rules for role playing like '80s sitcoms. Like <laughs> I, there is there is legit a very professionally published a, a 
a professionally published and very high production value game that is the role playing game of My Little Ponies. Oh, very nice. I can't remember the name of it, but like if you if well, if counts. there is a That's property out there, there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Okay, so um do you do you know what the first role playing game was? Was that Dungeons and Dragons? It, it, it looks like ar- it is. arguably, arguably, yeah. it 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 evolved from 1974. Um, war, so yeah, wargaming yeah. rules, and they wanted to infuse some fantasy into it, and then they wanted to take it from being you know armies down to single people, and mm-hmm. Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson That's, basically yeah, cr- created yeah. created role playing games when they you know concocted Dungeons and Dragons. We're gonna finalize on this. What makes a good role playing game? This is going to sound really cheesy, but what makes a good role-playing game is a game that all of the players enjoy. Like, I imagine that question originally probably meant, you know, what kind of, you know, rule systems or dice sure. mechanisms are, are are the best. It doesn't matter. The, the important thing is if you've got folks who get together and have a good time, you know, if you're all into Star Wars, play Star Wars. If you're all into Star Trek... Play a Star Trek one. If you're more into fantasy and you like D&D, play D&D. There's a game called Pathfinder for those who are like, yeah, I don't want to play D&D, but I still want to play a fantasy role-playing game. Like, find a setting that you enjoy, some people who also enjoy that setting, and find the rules that work for you. Some people like rules that are, like, super crunchy. Like, every single circumstance, there's a different rule for how to resolve it. Some people like things like way more loosey goosey and free. Just get everybody on the same page, and that is the game for you. It like I can't tell you what is the best role playing game. I can tell you what my favorites are, but you might have a completely different style and idea of what your game should be, and what works for me may be horrible for you. Sure. No, that's uh. Well, I think that's a solid answer, and I think that's a solid place to end here. Is the fact is. Yeah. I don't think role-playing games are necessarily just all about board games or or playing. It's it's more about that camaraderie or or fellowship, I guess you would say. Oh yeah. Um, and I forgot to ask at what point in time you start worshiping the devil during the game, but we'll we'll save that for the next <laughs> one, and you can go. We'll make that a whole episode. Um, okay. Todd, you got anything else? I mean, I've got so much else I could talk about role-playing. Okay, so. We could probably spin off a whole podcast about it, but we're not going to do that. Um, we'll okay. we'll save some of that for later. Well, thanks, Eric. This I'm I'm so glad you found the wagon. Yeah, I'm so it's, it's looking forward to diving into that more in the future. Maybe next time we'll talk a little. We'll we'll, we'll look at something from your past and, oh and see what we've there's, got going there's on some there. Good stuff so back there. Root, root around and and find something of yours for us to talk about next time. Listeners, thanks for coming along for this ride, and we look forward to to more of them. And until next time, I hope y'all have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Toddcast Podcast. If you have comments, questions, or topic ideas you'd like us to chat about, you can reach out on social. Search for Toddcast Podcast. Visit our website at toddcastpodcast.com with a single D in Todd. There you'll find show notes, original articles, and a backlog of episodes. If you'd enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share with your like-minded friends. Perhaps you would consider subscribing, following, or marking this podcast as a favorite if you've not yet done so. And of course, reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts are appreciated. Thanks again for listening to the Toddcast. Toddcast.